hey, if you want a firearm that is easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from our friends at Henry Repeating Arms. Now, it is a portable rifle that you can put together, take apart in just minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case that it comes in. It's so small, you can store it pretty much anywhere. And it's light enough to carry everywhere. Now, it comes in black and two different camo patterns. And you can pick one up for three to 400 bucks, depending on the finish. Check out their videos. Go to their website. It's one word, henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, make sure you order their free catalog. Now, Henry makes more than 200 rifles and shotguns and revolvers, all made in America, all backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website, henryusa.com. Get their free catalog. They'll send you free decals and a list of dealers where you are. That's henryusa.com. Free catalog decals for the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance, and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's healthlock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, are now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. All right, glad you're with us. We are loaded up today. Toll free, our telephone number is 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Let not your heart be troubled. Let Let me explain in detail why I am not at all worried about what is a garbage, typical swamp, sewer, compromised, whatever you want to call this bill, uh, that the we've had uh, we've had people on both sides in the negotiating room, and we believe we have come to a conclusion yeah, that it never gets the job done. Okay, fine. Um, we're going to get to that in detail. We've got huge developments, including uh, Devin Nunes indicating that criminal referrals on FISA abuses are now soon to be coming. Finally. The real criminals may be held accountable. We're going to go back to Hillary Clinton. And by the time this is all said and done, we'll find out with the new attorney general. Uh, we have new information, thanks to, I believe, Judicial Watch documents that the FBI was negotiating negotiating with the State Department to change classified status of Hillary's emails. Uh, you don't get to do that after the fact. And more indications of a, a crime. We've got more people running for president that we'll tell you about. The 2020 list keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and, of course, the Senate Intel Committee saying, now we found no evidence of collusion and we saw everything. And it's, um, it's unbelievable. John Dowd, I'll play it later in the program, the president's former lawyer, he just was, like, apoplectic, doesn't even think Mueller will even come out with a report 
and thinks the whole thing was a, a colossal waste of time and money and energy and an unprecedented attack on the executive branch, which I agree with. Um, we'll also have more on the new radical extremist uh, Democratic Socialist Party, and they're just losing it day by day. And that's actually part of it. I told you this would become entertaining at some point. Well, we're kind of getting to that point. Um, let me begin with this deal. Let me tell you what this, I guess, so-called compromise is all about. Now, it is interesting on the one hand because Democrats were arguing funding deal is not everything the president hoped, but a good step, said Mitch McConnell. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but let's start with, you know, they were arguing this is immoral, that building a wall is immoral. But yet they just negotiated a one3 $5 billion, quote, compromise deal that's for border security so that they, they're, willing to, they're willing to be immoral at a price, $1.35 million, billion rather. Um, anyway, so this all starts getting announced as I'm going on the air last night, and I, I know I'm literally ad-libbing it in my opening monologue, and, and then the president, of course, at, in El Paso. And so what they announced that they reached the deal, it avoids a government shutdown, the deal, which I never care about. I care for the furloughed employees. It becomes a hardship for some of them. Obviously, Democrats claim to care about furloughed employees, just like they, they claim to care about DACA and Dreamers, but they wouldn't even sit down at the table. They obviously, their hatred of Donald Trump uh, surpasses any desire to do anything good for the country, which is sad. Anyway, the details, Washington Post's $1.3 billion in border wall funding. President, you recall, requested $5.7 billion. Uh, the funding is set to provide 55 miles of new border wall uh, along the roughly 2,000-mile-long southern border. A lot of this, I understand, is going to be used in the Rio Grande sector, and which needs it desperately. And I'll tell you why, because literally you can walk across that body of water, it'll take you less than a minute, and you go from Mexico into the United States. You're right there. And there's nothing to stop you except for Border Patrol agents. And the most insane thing that I heard was the desire of Democrats to limit the beds for immigrant detention facilities. You know, and I'm thinking, well, what if we have more illegals entering the country and criminal the criminal element of all of this. You know, the sad part here is we now know that the Democratic Party is willing to play politics on what is a life and death safety and security issue for the American people just so they can oppose Trump. Now, they hate Trump more than they care about the 90 percent of heroin that gets into this country comes through the southern border. They hate Trump more than the human, human trafficking that's going on at our southern border. I interviewed a, a guy, 13 years, border agent, border patrol agent. He worked almost exclusively in the human trafficking aspect of this. And he talks about young girls from Central America, Mexico, trafficked into the United States, raped 30 to 40 times a day as they follow them. These, I mean, it's unbelievable. I thought Democrats had human compassion or the cartels, Etc. All of these issues that we bring up are important, but they don't seem to care because they just want to get back at Donald Trump because they don't like Donald Trump. 
And for them, that's what it has come down to. And but the more important aspect of this is what's right for the country, what's right for the American people and what is in the best interest of our safety and our security as a country. Because if we put that first, then we've got to secure the southern border. Stop the cartels, stop the gang members, stop all these people that want to bring harm to Americans. Yeah, I'm I'm not saying it's I'm saying repeatedly it's only two percent of the population that come into this country illegally. The other ninety eight, I will firmly admit, just want a better life for themselves and their families. And we're just asking that they do it legally. Anyway, the conference committee was formed after the president reopened the federal government. And as usual, government has failed to do its job adequately because this is the state of the radical democratic party and and rightly so jim jordan who's going to join us later mark meadows he's going to join us later you know they said while the president was given a great speech in el paso congress was putting together a bad deal on immigration and jordan tweeted retweeted by florida congressman also freedom caucus member matt gates house freedom caucus chairman mark meadows laid out his specific issues with the tentative deal and said this conference agreement is hardly a serious attempt to secure our border or stop the flow of illegal immigrants. It kicks the can down the road yet again, failing to address the critical priorities outlined by the Border Patrol chiefs. And specifically, we're talking about the some 60 of them that uh, went and met with the president yesterday. Now, here's where I'm going to go out on a limb and give you my best thoughts. Now, If you remember, there was a point, even during the primaries, remember there were 17 Republicans that started out in those primaries. And I tried to be fair to everyone that got into the race, went to where they were, put them on TV, put them on radio, offered people, you know, at one point, some people said, well, you're putting Donald Trump on too much. I said, because your team doesn't want the time. We we, We called and offered equal time just to try to be fair. I don't like to get in the middle of primaries. Anyway, it became clear when he won Indiana, he was going to be the nominee. And there was a long period of time where I have known Donald Trump. I've known him for over a couple of decades. He has, he has a couple of characteristics that I, I've never seen as strong in any one individual. One is the guy is absolutely fearless. Two is he's, he's the opposite of a politician. You know, he can take all the stress and all the fighting 24-7, and it does not bother him. You know, it could be the middle of whatever, you know, hysterical reporting is going on, and I'm telling you, it doesn't phase him. Now he's going to go out and fight back because that's his nature. But it's sort of like a blessing and his curse. We can't ask him to go fight for better trade deals and and better negotiations with other countries on uh, issues of who's going to pay what for NATO and uh, sit with little Rocket Man and get a good deal. He's, everything's a negotiation with him. You know, I'd talk to him during the campaign, and I'd say, hey, listen, I need you, uh, you know, we're going to do an interview. Uh, and he'd go, well, how long? And I'd say, let's do 30 minutes. And he'll say, I'll give you 10. I said, no, go, how about we do, how about we do, all right, 25. All right, I'll give you 15. And I really wanted 20. And he really was only going to be doing 20. So... You know, but everything is like a negotiation. So he gets the nomination, and many of my breth- fellow conservative brethren doubted his conservative cr- credentials. And by the way, not through any fault of their own. He grew up in New York. You know, 
he was apolitical in the sense that uh, he would donate to both parties, wanted a good relationship with everybody. And people would look at that or look at the fact that earlier in his life he was pro-choice and later in his life explained the example when he became pro-life. And I would I put my nose out there and I said, I guarantee you he is the conservative he says he is that will keep his promises. And I think I have proven to be right again and again about Donald Trump. You know, look at the Supreme Court appointments that he's made. Look at the tax cut that he's given us. Look at the endless, you know, the bureaucratic cuts that he's given. And I know some people were mad when he reopened the government, but he was winning on the issue. Look at after the State of the Union speech, CBS polls show 72% of the country agrees with his immigration policies. 80% of independents agree with it. 80% of independents Give him high ratings. He's now got the highest approval rating ever. So um, I just know that how tenacious he is. And just as I said at the time when he opened the government, I said just because he changed strategies doesn't mean he's, he's given up on the issue because he hasn't. Now, here's what the president said, and this is what I'm gleaning from it. He literally said today what I said last night on the TV show. This, this is a garbage bill. He said he's not happy with this package hammered out by congressional negotiators, but pledged that if he accepted this inadequate offer, he would, quote, add whatever I have to add to his border wall. Now, some of you may not believe that promise. Some of you may have your doubts. Here's how I interpret it. Though the president will get a down payment if he goes along with this agreement, of $1.35 billion. He also has another $900 million accessible to him uh, in monies that have been saved. That is available to go to the wall. And this is for the fiscal year 2019, which ends October 1. And then when he says, I'll add what I have to add, my prediction is that means he'll declare a national emergency. And I think what he's going to do, he's going to take the one point three five the $900 million, and is immediately going to allocate it to the wall and start and continue building because they have been building with the money they got last year and the year before. And then I think the president will declare the national emergency, but he got a down payment now of $2.3 billion. So for the six months that it might take to fight in court as the Democrats go judge shopping in California and it gets to the Ninth Circuit and we lose the first two rounds, but... I would argue that this is not a case that the Supreme Court could reject outright because it involves presidential powers, constitutional authority. And I would think that expeditiously they'd have to rule on this. And I, if they follow the law, which I can read to you and when we get back, the president wins hands down. Now, to me, that actually works out fine. But it ha- he has to declare the national emergency for that to work. All right, with only two days left until Valentine's Day, well, if you don't already have the perfect surprise picked out for all the Valentines in your life, well, you're cutting it really close. Now, luckily for you, there's still time to win the love of all your Valentines this year with a gorgeous bouquet of vibrant red and pink roses from my friends at 1-800-Flowers.com. And right now, you can get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley, just $29.99, or upgrade to 24 assorted roses for just 10 bucks more. 
This is an unbelievable offer. Last minute from 1-800-Flowers, the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley, $29.99, or upgrade to 24 assorted roses, 10 bucks more. Now, to order the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $29.99, or upgrade to 24 assorted roses for 10 bucks more, just go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash Hannity. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash Hannity. But this offer expires today. Some of you say, well, the president could just veto the bill and tell them to go back to the drawing board and come up with more money. But what are the odds that they're going to do, do that? I mean, let's be honest and realistic here. If they think walls are immoral, uh, what, what, is, what are the odds that they will be reasonable? This new radical extreme Democratic Socialist Party, they don't have it within them to be reasonable responsible and really we're just wasting time and if the president again if he gets 1.35 billion as a down payment on top of the money he got last year which is being used even now the 900 extra million dollars that's also available now and you know now we're talking about you know at least 60 uh, maybe like 80 miles of fencing that can go up in critical areas uh we're working while the president then declares a national emergency or to use his words i will add whatever i have to add well he's telegraphing that he's serious about invoking the powers that are available to him as commander-in-chief and that would be 10 usc 284 which i read on the air yesterday and that is that you know, for the purposes that department agencies, federal government, state, local, tribal law enforcement agencies grants the president the power to construct roads, fences, installation of lighting to block drug smuggling corridors across international boundaries of the United States. It's very clear. And that's why, you know, so in the interim, while the fight is going on now, if he vetoes the bill, Maybe they figure out he's going to declare a national emergency. Then the government is shut down again and he's going to get blamed for it. And in the meantime, we're wasting valuable time. So I would think the president is telegraphing. I will add whatever I have to add. And I'm speculating. I don't know. I don't have any insider knowledge as the press always seems to think I do. But in that case, he wins big time. One thing that is not political, it's smoking. That's about people. And there are 34 million Americans now that smoke. But for many, there's not been a clear alternative. Juul, for me, has been a game changer. I watch people all the time. They go outside in the middle of the freezing winter just to have their smoke. You don't have to do that anymore because of Juul. Now, people don't have to worry about the smell on your hands. Juul was specifically designed by smokers for smokers to be a satisfying alternative it's a clean technology. Juul has no ash, no odor, no mess. If you're one of those 34 million adults who do smoke, you now know there's an alternative to cigarettes and cigars. Just go to Juul, J-U-U-L dot com slash Switch America. That's J-U-U-L dot com slash Switch America. Now, this product does contain nicotine, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. But just go to Juul, J-U-U-L dot com slash Switch America. By the way, who is this? Uh, what what band is that, Jason? That is, it is not a band. It's generic. It's it's generic. A generic jumping jack flash. 
<laughs> is that what that yeah. is? Yes. Some of the songs may it's sound mu- like it, stuff you've heard, it, 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 but it really isn't. So it's Muzak to get around the rules because he's... Exactly. And then the, apparently you're not allowed to play a lot. 30 seconds. That's, That's it. it. Only play 30 seconds of a song or what? They charge you? Like an insane amount of yes. money? You yes. have to pay royalties. Yeah. Like serious royalties. Oh, yeah. Like big, big, big time. Like we had to get permission to do our Zach Brown band and... Uh, Florida Georgia Line and Big and Rich, Big and, and, Rich and Charlie Daniels Friday concert series, and they were all happy to that we were playing their music. Now they'd want to charge people for playing their music. That's hilarious. I remember Bruce Hornsby once when I played the way it is. You got thirty seconds of that, the start of that song. So Bruce Hornsby once whined and complained that I played his music. I always liked that was his best album, and he was actually a really talented pianist and and um songwriter and even played with the dead the grateful dead for a period of time what? i don't get why people musicians would not want people to hear their music even if they're yeah but he was smart though this is what he said is yeah i know i've heard it people tell me all the time hannity uses my music i really don't want to get into a fight with the guy though <laughs> that's what he said which was pretty smart on his part. And we've stopped using it. But it's that particular. Great song. Very liberal in its lyrics. Play the beginning of it, the piano part of it, when it starts out. Because that's a really good part. Bruce Hornsby in the range. From the way it is. He's going to hear about this. We go over 30 seconds. We're dead. Here comes the cease and desist. <laughs> yeah. All right, now listen to this as the music comes in. He's got another great song called Mandolin Rain on this album, and every song on that album is actually really good. Right? That is a very, very cool song. You hear that? Bruce Hornsby is a very cool song. Free promotion. You would think you'd take the free promotion. You know, everyone, you know, everyone's so uptight. About everything these days. I'm like, okay, do we have to talk, like, for the Super Bowl, for example, or football? I can't, yeah, well, I, I don't want to watch football if I'm going to watch guys taking a knee while the national anthem is being sung. This year, oh, who did the, yeah, we had these um, two young performers that were amazing, and I think they did America the Beautiful, if my mind is working. Yeah, Coley and Halley, Chloe and Halley, and then who did the national? Uh, the, it was, was Gladys oh Knight. Gladys Knight. It was amazing, wasn't it? It was so good. I think one of the best renditions I've ever heard, even better than Roseanne's. Definitely better than the uh, halftime show. I, I was I was half watching it. I didn't care. You know, I, I'm like really Maroon Five taking off your shirt. Well, the guy looked pretty fit, but you know, if I went up there and did it. Even though I work out five days a week, it's not going to be a pretty sight. And I don't have those tattoos to cover up that, you know, literally shining Irish skin. You know, it would glow, it would glow in the dark in that arena. And so, oh, it's beautiful. What a voice. By the no lip syncing here. But so proudly we Better watch the 30-second clock. Last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright- 
I mean, somebody that can sing like that, that is like a gift from heaven. I don't think you can teach somebody to sing like that. It's just, and if I could, I'd come back and I'd want to be a singer. Love that. Rascal Flats, my buddies Big and Rich and Garth Brooks and Kenny Chesney and all those guys. I think it's pretty cool if you get to sing in front of 80,000 people in these big stadiums like they fill all the time. Uh, Zach Brown was at, what, Chase Stadium? It was great. City Field now. Remember Billy Joel closed down the former Shea Stadium? Billy Joel has now a permanent home at Madison Square Garden. And I know, I think he does do other gigs, but he just does Madison Square Garden. He could sell out every single solitary night at Madison Square Garden. And he loves, it's like his home. It's like, all right, I'm going uh, next, I'll do two a month or one a month. I'll do three this month, whatever. Sold out in minutes. Puts on one of the best and shows. He's, he's more down to earth than all of these other stars. And you think of that, that he sells out all this stuff at Madison Square Garden in a snap. So not far from where I live, he actually has a motorcycle shop. And I've talked to him. One day I said, yeah, I was going to get a Harley, but it was either the Harley or the house. You know, I'd have no, I'd be homeless. I could sleep on my Harley, right? And he goes, no, no, they're garbage. Don't get a Harley. I'm like, no, I got to get a Harley. you had a Vespa. Oh, stop it. Really? Do we have to, do we have to, that's a traumatic moment in my life. And everybody was trying to be so nice and accommodating to me. Um, but, you know, it's just the dream that I had. And everyone says the same. You're going to kill yourself. Hey, what do you have? You must have a death wish. You know what they call it? A donor cycle. I have surgeon friends, doctor friends. They call it donor cycles. I'm like, guys, I just want to ride it on a Sunday morning. Uh, you know, take it to the beach, watch the sunrise. Right. Don't even take it on the highway. Ride home slowly. No traffic. That's all I want to do. Not that bi- I'm not I'm not going to join Hell- Hell's Angels or anything. <laughs> not that they would have me. Not that I'd survive the even even with my my new ninja skills after six and a half years of training. All right. So, oh, but there was one instance. So hey, let me go back to the border deal. It's a horrible bill. Anyone that tells you otherwise, they don't know what they're talking about. It's a horrible bill. Do I think the president may sign it to keep the government open and get a down payment of $1.35 billion on the wall added to the $900 million that we know he has accessible to him? And, yeah, but, you know, I think this president's pretty transparent when he says, I will add whatever I have to add. To me, he's telegraphing, yeah, but I'm going to declare a national emergency and to me, that strategy would be smart in this sense, because then he has $2.3 billion on top of the money that he still has from this year remaining. And that means the wall keeps being built as the Democrats go ju- judge shopping out in California, Oregon, wherever they go, that will end up in the Ninth Circuit. Ninth Circuit doesn't follow the rule of law. They write their own laws. That's why they go judge shopping there. And then I would think because of the nature of a national emergency and him being the commander in chief, you know, this is about separation of powers, his duty and responsibilities as commander in chief and USC 284 and the provisions that we've gone over in great detail. I think the president wins in the Supreme Court if they follow the law. All right. Now, we have some other things, deep state news that I want to get to uh, as well here and some of the prejudice of the socialist Democrats and how extreme they've gotten All right, so 
we know that Devin Nunes is going to be on tonight. Dems are now saying they don't have evidence of collusion. Well, then why are there these endless investigations? We have to go back. I promise you at some point, I am going to go back and flag every insane, hysterical moment of reporting and every proclamation by the likes of of Shifty Shift, the liar, and all these other people. Because if Senate Democrats are saying they don't have evidence of collusion and the Senate intelligence community saying as much, you know, um, but, you know, we got to see what their report also says. And then we've got John Dowd on a tear. I'll play it later in the program. I mean, literally saying that the Mueller report is not going to show the, the public anything other than what they've done already. And he says he doesn't respect Mueller's investigation. I thought we were done in March of 2018. He was afraid that the president would be forced into a perjury trap. He said he doesn't have respect for Rod Rosenstein. Remember, he he's in this case up to his eyeballs, had no business. Talk about conflicted out. Well, he's the one that recommended the firing of Comey, number one, and he signed the fourth and final FISA warrant application, the third renewal. And he said... You know, I don't know what Sessions was doing. And then Dowd said Mueller's investigation was a waste of time, one of the greatest frauds this country has ever seen. But there really was collusion, which they ignored, and that's the Democratic Party. Now, with the Senate now saying they have no evidence of any conspiracy between Trump campaign and Russia, now Devin Nunes is coming on tonight, and he now says that a cadre of House Intelligence Committee Republicans are now involved in sifting through more than a dozen transcripts as they are now planning on making criminal referrals for an investigation into the alleged political bias into the FBI. And he further goes on that the work comprised by himself and Bob Goodlatte, Trey Gowdy, we will be continuing our task force. And he said in an interview that we are now combing through the transcripts, we'll comb through and We'll be sending those recommendations to the Department of Justice, which they've got to investigate when the timing is appropriate and they're still going to interview people. Now, he's also talking about, um, you know, there's another story out today where a new batch of uh, uh, FBI documents were obtained by Judicial Watch and it shows top FBI officials offered to lie about the classified nature of emails sent to and from Hillary Clinton, which was discovered on Anthony Weiner's laptop just days before the election. So they just got a new trove of documents turned over by the FBI, including discussions with former FBI lawyer to the deputy director, McCabe, Lisa Page is back, concerning a potential quid pro quo between the State Department and the FBI, in which the FBI would agree to downgrade on Hillary's behalf the classification level of a Clinton email exchange for more legal attache positions that would benefit the agency abroad. Wow. No indication that it ever took place. However, the documents reveal that Peter Strzok, Page's boyfriend, lied about the classified nature of Hillary's emails and that he discovered on Anthony Weiner's laptop just before the 2016 election. Fox News reports many of the emails found on the computer were between Clinton and her senior advisor, Uma Abedin, who said she didn't know she had a private server lie. 
When is she going to get the pre-dawn raid? Uh, now a, a strange wife. Wiener's a strange wife. Despite claims by top FBI officials, including Strzok, several, several of those emails were determined to contain classified information. Well, that means, too, that, yeah, Hillary broke the law and violated the Espionage Act. One email, November 6, 2016, before the election, Strzok wrote the FBI's leadership, redacted, John and I completed our review of the potential Hillary Rodham Clinton work emails on Wiener's laptop. We found no previously unknown potentially classified emails on the media. Strzok added that his team was coming to triple check his methodology and conclusions. However, at least 18 classified emails were sent from Aberdeen's account were found by the FBI on Wiener's laptop, despite Strzok's apparent claim and abuse of power to once again clear Hillary Clinton to frame Donald Trump. And we're going to have criminal referrals as it relates to FISA as well. As they, as the House Democrats now up what they're doing. Now, earlier today, intelligence national security correspondent for NBC News, Ken Delanian, is that his name? Reported that somewhat breaking news on MSNBC that the Senate Intel Committee admits it found after two years no direct evidence of collusion between Trump and Russia. You know how hard those words must have been for them to, after two years of lying to the American people? After two years interviewing more than 200 witnesses, the Senate Intel Committee has not uncovered any direct evidence of any conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Russia. That's according to sources on both the Democratic and Republican side of the aisle. And he noted the Republican chair of the committee made remarks to that effect last week. The report. Now, by the way, you got to. It's pretty funny. Listen to the response on NBC. After two years and interviewing more than 200 witnesses, the Senate Intelligence Committee has not uncovered any direct evidence of a conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Russia. That's according to sources on both the Republican and the Democratic side of the aisle, Hallie. And careful viewers and readers will note that Senator Richard Burr, the chairman of the Intelligence Committee who leads this probe, essentially said that in an interview with another network last week. But what I've been doing since then is checking with my sources on the Democratic side to understand the full context of his remarks, because that was essentially a partisan comment from from one side but this is a bipartisan investigation and what i found whoops it is the democrats don't dispute that characterization well, and by the way the democrats say this report will not be good for donald trump it will question the judgment of many people in the trump war for having these meetings for essentially allowing themselves to be preyed upon by a russian what are they going to go after hillary's interfere in the election and to help donald trump what are they going to go after hillary's support of Putin's thugs in the Uranium One deal with the $145 million kickback. When are they going to go after the violation of the Espionage Act or obstruction of justice? When are they going to go after the phony Russian dossier she paid for that was used as propaganda to lie to the American people before the campaign and then used as the basis for a FISA warrant? You know, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes and their families ever since 9-11. Now, hero first responders and service members, the people that serve our communities, our country, those who die in the line of duty, those who are catastrophically injured, veterans who have fought for our nation's freedoms only to return home, fall on tough times and become homeless. Heroes like Buffalo, New York, firefighter Jason Arno and his family. Now, Arno was killed while protecting his community. He was battling a warehouse fire. He left behind a wife and a young daughter. In their darkest hour, Tunnel to Towers provided Arno's wife and daughter with a mortgage-free home. The foundation lifted a financial burden, enabling them to stay in the home 
where they made their memories with their hero. Now you can join the Tunnel to Towers Foundation on the mission to do good and support the families of America's greatest heroes. And that means the families of fallen first responders, just like Jason Arno and Gold Star families with young children and catastrophically injured service members and also homeless vets. Please commit to $11 a month. Go to their website, the letter T, the number two, the letter T.org. The letter T, the number two, the letter T.org for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Hey, if you want a firearm that is easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from our friends at Henry Repeating Arms. Now, it is a portable rifle that you can put together, take apart in just minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case that it comes in. It's so small, you can store it pretty much anywhere, and it's light enough to carry everywhere. Now, it comes in black and two different camo patterns, and you can pick one up for three to 400 bucks, depending on the finish. Check out their videos. Go to their website. It's one word, henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, make sure you order their free catalog. Now, Henry makes more than 200 rifles and shotguns and revolvers, all made in America, all backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website, henryusa.com, get their free catalog. They'll send you free decals and a list of dealers where you are. That's henryusa.com, free catalog decals for the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. All right, when is the last time you checked the legal title to your home? Now, what if your home's title, that's the legal document that proves you own your home, is in some criminal's name? Well, if it is, that's called home title theft. Everybody's home title is online, and we have criminals all over the world that will forge your signature, and basically it's a race against time to stop them before they take out loans against your home, or even worse, sell your home. Now, my partners at Home Title Lock, they demonstrated how criminals can do it. Now, they found the title to Linda's home online, forged her signature, stating that she sold them her home when she did not. Now, some criminal was now the owner, And that's the reality. So how do you know some criminal hasn't taken over the title to your home? Well, you can find out for free with sign up when you use the promo code Sean, S-E-A-N, and go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com, promo code Sean, and your first 30 days of protection are free. Do it today. HomeTitleLock.com, promo code Sean. So uh, I can tell you that uh, am I happy at first glance? I just got to see it. The answer is no, I'm not. I'm not happy. Uh, The bottom line is on the wall. uh, We're building the wall and we're using other methods other than this. And in addition to this, we have a lot of things going. We have a lot of money in this country. And we're using some of that money, a small percentage of that money, to build the wall, which we desperately need. Where do these people come from? Where do they come from? They go back home to mommy. They get punished when they get home. Finish that wall because we built a lot of us. Finish that wall. This weekend, some Democrats even proposed a measure that would force the release of thousands of criminal illegal aliens, including dangerous felons convicted of rape, sex trafficking, violent assault, and even murder into our country. Can you believe this? 
Their proposal would put a hard cap on the number of illegal aliens that our brave ICE officers, we love our ICE officers, can detain and thus remove, forcing thousands of criminals to be set free into United States communities. I don't think so, okay? I don't think so. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity show. That was the uh, president, big speech in El Paso last night. As uh, he's now, I've spoke to my sources at the White House. They have not gotten this, this, what I guarantee you is a horrible bill. You know, the number one Democrats, you know, now they're, okay, a measly 1.3 billion. Okay, 55 miles, we'll take it. But they don't want to give the president any win whatsoever. Now, the dilemma for the president is going to be, well, does he take the 1.3 and maybe simultaneously or maybe he can't do it before or immediately thereafter declare the national emergency? Well, that means he definitely has the 1.3 and the emergency that gives us time to work through the courts. But because it's an emergency, it should be expedited. You know, and what a what a statement that would make. I know most of you are looking at this deal saying this president can't sign this deal, period. Yeah, it's a typical, horrible Washington, D.C. swamp sewer uh, deal among establishment figures that are out of touch with what the American people are screaming that they want, which is to end the drug importation to end the human trafficking, to vet people before they get there, to stop the cartels, stop the drug dealers, and keep Americans safe because the crime statistics of the 2% that have access to the our borders, like the 98% that you know are otherwise want a better life for themselves and their kids, has been devastating. 4,000 homicides, murders. Uh, you've got 10,000 sexual assaults in, in two years. Uh, uh, 30,000 rather, and 100,000 violent assault incidents with illegal immigrants. Well, at that point, it's an emergency. If 90% of our heroin comes across that southern border, well, that too is an emergency. All right, joining us now uh, to debate, discuss House Freedom Caucus Chairman Mark Meadows from North Carolina and House Freedom Caucus member, former chairman, he's been dethroned. Uh, Jim Jordan is with us. You know, so I'm looking at, uh, look, maybe you guys have have more insight than to what I'm actually reading here. The fact that they were even debating limiting the number of beds for illegal immigrant criminals, I mean, is beyond the pale to me. You know, if you, if you were 16,501 and you just committed murder, basically they were saying you couldn't detain that person. Um, but what do you what's your overall impression of the deal? I think. Knowing you both, you probably, like me, think it's atrocious and a swamp deal. Go ahead, Mark. Mark? Uh, well, Sean, uh, let me let me just tell you, not only is it an atrocious deal, but it is a total capitulation. I, I, I'm, I'm at the point where it, you look at this, and yes, the president may end up signing it to keep the government open, but he may, better make it very clear that uh, he is not in favor of this. You only get what you reward, and he is about to re- reward Congress for not doing its job and continuing to do things the way they've always done, only in Washington, D.C., 
Sean, think about this. Only in Washington, D.C. can you expect applause for passing a $1.37 billion border security measure when it takes $25 billion to get it done. Let me say this. What if the president signed the bill, kept the government open, because then we don't have to go through you know, another 35 days of Democrats pretending like they care about furloughed employees when they won't even sit at the table and, and negotiate. He takes the 1.35 of the deal for the border and then simultaneously declares a national emergency for the rest of the money. Well, he should he should definitely declare the national emergency. I think I think there was a couple takeaways I had. You know, first, there was the irony. At the same time, the president's giving this great speech in El Paso. Congress is putting together a bad deal in Washington. It is a bad deal. There's no ifs, ands, buts about it. But you may be right. He may end up signing and say, look, it's a bad deal, but I'm going to pocket the money, and I'm going to declare the national emergency, and we're going to go down that route because we know just what you said earlier, Sean. We know the drug problem, what the president said last night, the drug problem, the gang problem, the human trafficking problem. It is a national emergency. I'm going to start down that road, and we're we're going to get this done no matter what. Okay, now in that sense, you know what's going to happen. The media, the hate Trump media and the Democrats at that point are going to realize that he outplayed them, that he got money up front and then he's going for the rest on his own like he said he would do. Now, well, they 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 will see that, but they'll fight it in court. And this president was willing to fight back. Jim and I have been talking about that even as as recent as just uh, uh, 30 minutes ago. The president is a fighter, and he's going to fight. But here's the one area, and I very seldom disagree with you, Sean Hannity, but here's where I disagree with you today. I think the president should declare the national emergency today. To heck with waiting for the bill to be signed. To heck with, with, with this whole process. There is nothing that precludes him from doing it today. If this is the best they're going to offer, let him declare it today. He can why he can why not why not take the 1.35 and then declare the emergency. Then he's got money to work with while he's fighting it out in the courts. It's not like they can spend it all in in a month or two anyway. Well, that's well, an and, option. And, in other words, sorry. because you know what the Democrats will then do, they'll pull the 1.35 off the bill. Well, but if we did a continuing resolution, you'd have right. 1.36 billion, anyways, Sean. And see, here's the, the no, whole. No, that's thing. a good way to do it too. I'm, I'm listen. I'm, I'm all of us agree this is garbage. Yeah, this- and I mean, and if if any if there's any Democrat out there that thinks that the president is not going to declare a national emergency. They're dreaming. They they are dreaming. And so he's going to do it. So he might as well go ahead and do it today. Let them put up their, you know, protest today. They they need to go ahead and the, the American people need to see that this president is serious about building the wall. You and I and Jim knows that he is. But it is important that he goes ahead and acts on it. Sean, here's the other thing this bill underscores, just how radical the left has become. To reduce the number of detention beds for criminals, for people who do harming violent people potentially, this is how open borders, 70 percent marginal tax rate, Green New Deal. They won't stand up when the president talks about the sanctity of life. They won't stand up when he talks about capitalism and condemn socialism. And now they, they want to reduce the number of detention beds. So that in and of itself shows how ridiculous this legislation is. But the president, is he is going to get this wall come heck or high water. He's going to make it happen. And, and as, the sooner he can declare this national emergency, in my judgment, the better now. 
Yeah, look, I think that the, at the end of the day, I think it's a, a good deal for the the president just to do it alone. If he does this alone, then I think the president is doing much, much better. And it shows his commitment, his tenacity. Now, there is this other pot of money that the president has available to him. Uh, we've all been talking about it, some $900 million that he can also reallocate to the wall immediately, too. Isn't that part of the deal? Yeah, sure is, Sean. And, and he can access that under the 284-274, uh, uh, not, not, not using the national emergency, but he can, he can allocate that or go get that money, use it for uh, enhanced fencing and everything else on the border. He should do uh, – my, my approach is all the above. Do that, declare the national – do everything he can to <clears throat> simply do what we told the American people were going to do and build the border security wall. All right, so in, in that sense, Mark Meadows, the president, is, is keeping his promise regardless of what a crappy swamp deal this ends up being. And again, he doesn't want to be blamed for shutting down the government. 72% of the American people support his plans, according to CBS, on immigration. So they'll see him acting decisively. And why do I believe if you use, you know, USC uh, 284, which I know both of you are familiar with, um, the language is clear, especially on the issue of, yeah. of drug interdiction, that the president has the right to build barriers on our southern border with the military. Well, you're exactly right, Sean. And, and, and listen, you and I and Jim Jordan all believe that this president is serious. And as Jim was saying, he's going to build it one way or another. But uh, it's it's where is the money going to come from? And I do believe that the nine hundred million or so that he could get from from one of the executive tools in his toolbox uh, gets us part of the way. Uh, the national emergency, and and I guess if if I were advising him, I would say. Uh, Use one of the sections of law that doesn't require a national emergency today, pass the rest of the bill that is put before you, and then declare a national emergency at the end of that. Have all of that there, but, uh, but as Jim was saying, there's two or three different options he can use. Use them all. Use them all. All right, got to take a quick break. More with uh, Congressman Mark Meadows, chairman of the Freedom Caucus, and former chairman Jim Jordan uh, as we continue. we got a lot more coming up later in the program today. 800-941-SEAN is our number. I'll battle it out mano a mano. Geraldo Rivera, one of my best buddies, coming up next. All right, as we continue with the chairman of the Freedom Caucus, Mark Meadows, and also Congressman Jim Jordan. So, Jim Jordan, even though the bill is bad on the border particularly, which is what we care about, if the president couples that with the $900 million that we all know is available at his disposal any time, which he will use now, and again, he said last night this is about now finishing the wall, uh, that, then he declares a national emergency for the rest, that sounds like, okay, it might take a few extra months, battle in the courts. I think he wins in the Supreme Court because the left will go judge shopping probably to the Ninth Circuit. Okay, yep. goes to the Ninth Circuit, which gets overturned 80% of the time anyway, makes it to the Supreme Court. I don't think the Supreme Court can ignore that issue. Do you? I don't. I mean, you never know what the court's going to do, but I don't. understand there'll be a few steps in, 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 along that path. So if, in fact, he declares a national emergency, I think Pelosi, 
Speaker Pelosi will will do some um, motion of disapproval, resolution of disapproval. That will pass the House. The Senate's likely to do something as well. The president vetoes that. There's a veto override attempt. We will, of course, vote with the president. There won't be the votes to override his veto. So it's going to be a long, drawn-out process legislatively. Then, as you rightly well, that's point if, out, there will be the process he, in what, the court. What, would you be upset if he signed the bad bill to get the 1-3 immediately to add to the $900 million and and declare the emergency? Yeah, I think that's where it might end up. We don't like the bill. We're just like you, Sean. We think it's a bad bill. We would rather see him declare the national emergency and do a, a short-term CR and see if we can get something better. Probably can't. So he may go ahead and sign and say, look, it's a bad bill. I'm reluctantly going to sign this, and then we're going to do everything else that I can use under 284 and under the national emergency. Well, the truth is he's never – with this this Congress, these radical Democrats, he's never going to get the money You're he wants right. because probably right. they, they've proven that they hate Trump more than they care about furloughed workers or DACA no, or Dreamers. Right. Well, they're, they're more about stopping the president than they are about helping the country, and that's the fundamental problem we face. So in that climate, you are probably right. He's probably going to have to reluctantly sign this bad piece of legislation and then do everything else we've talked about. Uh, last word, uh, Mark Meadows. Yeah, uh, and, and so, Sean, uh, Jim's right. Here, here's, the, here's the only problem that I see with signing this deal, and I do believe the president's going to sign it, and uh, you, I'm not going to beat him up over that because I know that he is, is serious about a national emergency. Here's the problem. It reinforces bad behavior that continues to happen decade yeah, after yeah. decade on Congress. Now, yeah. that, I, that I agree with, but again, it gives him the money in the interim to keep fighting and building while he's fighting the emergency issue. That, that is correct, uh, and a continuing resolution would do the same, but you're, you're right. Listen, it's a, it's a tactical call. At the end of the day, uh, I, I, I fully believe that he signs this deal, and uh, the jury will be out as long as he continues through with, with uh, executive action. I think the, the vast majority of Americans will applaud his efforts for fighting on their behalf. All right. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. You bet. Uh, without the free- By the way, without the Freedom Caucus, we're, we're totally screwed in Congress. Totally. These guys are the only ones that fight every day for their promises and for the president and for his agenda. And all these other people are so pathetically weak, it's embarrassing. I don't, I, I don't even know how they live with themselves, half these guys. Oh, yeah, we'll repeal and replace Obamacare. Where were you when you were needed? It's easy to vote when it's never going to pass. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. All right, so Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her new Green Deal for America, you know, the one where we're going to have to rebuild every house and building in 10 years, and uh, we're going to get rid of all fossil fuels. We'll no longer have the combustion engine. In other words, an engine that runs on gas. Uh, we'll have no natural gas. We've got only only clean and renewable energy, no nuclear energy even. We're going to do this all in 10 years, destroy the economy in the process. Add to that, okay, we have Kamala Harris, Kirsten Gillibrand, Bernie Sanders, Medicare for all, which means, and they've said it, we got to get rid of all private health insurance for every American that now has it. Well, that happens to be 187 million Americans. And what happens when that fails just like Obamacare failed. Keep your doctor, keep your plan and save money. None of those promises were kept at all. And or the wealth tax of Elizabeth Warren, which after you paid your 60, 65 cents of every dollar to the government, state, local, federal. Well, then if you save too much, she's going to come in and take even more. 
In other words, they'll legalize stealing your money that you put in the bank. And by the way, when you die, another 40% goes to the federal government. You live in a state like New York, another 10% goes to the state, and they take another bite at the apple, and you pay to die in America. This is, oh, and the 70 to 90% tax bracket that Ocasio-Cortez and, and many of these 2020 candidates are now pushing for. All right, joining us now, Geraldo Rivera. Geraldo, I'm calling this the new radical extreme, a party that believes in abortion even during the birthing process. And in the case of the Virginia governor, after the baby's delivered and kept comfortable, then the mother can decide not to resuscitate. Um, the party of that, the party of almost full confiscation of income, the party that guarantees everything from cradle to grave, that doesn't want secure borders, that doesn't seem to care about crime in America. This is, this is you know, the new Democratic Party. Welcome aboard. Uh, yeah, really, welcome aboard. At least they don't say uh, abortion up to age 5 or 10, Sean. Just uh, count your blessings. Yeah, listen, they'd, be, uh, they'd go right up to my birthday. Trust me. Yeah, right. You, uh, I just want to say, first of all, that you were brilliant last night. I, uh, your rage was so pure when you heard uh, uh, that there was a deal in the offing for the wall and that the president uh, appeared to be uh, on the on the verge of uh, accepting far less money uh, than he had asked for. I thought that your your pure rage is one of the reasons I love you as a brother. Yeah, you know, you uh, have deep-rooted, sincere convictions, and you don't make uh, any bones about expressing them. Listen, really I, I, if the president signed this deal and declares the national emergency, I could live with that because he's getting $1.35 million up, a bill, million, a billion dollars up front. Now, if he does that and he doesn't declare a national emergency, then the president, you know, got caught up in the swamp and will have gotten rolled. Well, and well, I don't expect I him to do that. I think the president's going to fulfill his promise. I, I see. I, I think the, the president will find a way to fulfill his promise, get, get to, to that bottom line. But by taking this, uh, this deal, the Democrats lose the high ground. Remember, they were saying it was a moral issue. The wall is a moral issue. Not a dollar for the wall. When they said 1.4 billion, then it became a negotiation. Now it's not a moral issue anymore. Now it's a negotiation. I think Trump wins, regardless of what the other uh, aspect of the uh, of the uh, wall building will be, where it will come from. I'll leave that in the open. As to your your main topic uh, this afternoon about uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and the Green New Deal and these flamboyant ideas, these are wish lists. These are uh, you know, then they shouldn't be as frightening to conservatives or uh, to moderates as uh, as sometimes they they may sound at first blush. These are just you know young people filled with verve and uh, spontaneity and and uh, compassion. Uh, you know, you want you want people at the you know at the, with, that are coming in the rookies who are coming in to have that that kind of. Uh, you know, energy. Uh, let's do this. Let's get rid of nuclear power. Let's do this. Let's get rid of. And then, uh, you know, the the sober reality dawns on them after they've been around a couple of weeks in a couple of committees, and they see, uh, you know, well, what's going to make the electricity go? How are you going to pay for the tunnel to uh, uh, to Africa? Uh, you know, I I think that I applaud that that freshness. I, and I encourage rather than discourage the uh, the uh, the thinking that is so cosmic, Sean. Well, I, I, listen, I think that this this is what Republicans don't even understand. And I blame them 
even more than the Democrats, although the Democrats have now gone so radical left extreme, uh, you know, even the party now, they're 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 not even critical of people like they were Kavanaugh that are charged with serious sexual assault and even rape allegations. I don't hear anybody screaming, I believe or, or saying I believe. Um, and look at the anti-Semitism now of some members of Congress. You said Kavanaugh. I think you meant Fairfax, right? Yeah. Fa- fa- yeah. Well, you don't see the yeah. Sa- yeah, you don't seem the same outrage over Fairfax like you saw with Kavanaugh. Thank you for helping me. But and and the same with, you know, look at the rampant anti-Semitism that is now that that ugly strain of Democrat is is sort of saying things with immunity and they ought to be rebuked and taken off any foreign affairs committee. And they're so timid to do it where if it was a Republican, they would be excoriated and and bludgeoned to death. See, I, I see even that a little differently than you do, my brother. I see the fact that you have two Muslim women in Congress now. One is of a, a Palestinian origin, the other Somali origin. You get their take. Why not get their take? Uh, you know, I think that the, uh, the, the Minnesota Congresswoman, in her uh, characterization of the uh, Israeli lobby, was way clumsy and, uh, and awkward, and uh, she's apologized. Uh, but there is no doubt, and you know it in your heart, that there's two big stories to tell in the Middle East between Israel and Palestine. And, uh, you know, the United States official policy is still a two-state solution, and it's good to remind people of that once in a while. I, I no, mean, but we're not talking no about—we're we're talking about rampant anti-Semitism. Within... Well, I mean, when you say that Jews are all about money, that's anti-Semitic. Yeah. When you say that uh, that uh, Israel is unfair uh, to the Palestinians or is uh, is occupying these people and denying them their rights, that's not uh, that's not radical. That's that's something I think we need to hear more of. Well, I think when you look at, for example, Congresswoman Omar's APAC tweet, which you know, uh, yeah, it was terrible. It's terrible. It's like so dumb. It's like you it's know, not dumb. It's it is it is anti-Semitism. I mean, and it is it's definitely anti-Semitism. That's why it's dumb. That's and she gets why, a slap yeah, on the know. wrist for all of this and nothing uh, happened. I, I think and, she's really and look, diminished. And look I at, think she's been really diminished. Congresswoman Tlaib writes a column for Louis Farrakhan's publication uh, a few and, years back. And she's going to impeach the mf also. You know, it's... Uh, uh, but let the, let them be that. Let the Democrats be that, and let the president, on the other hand, be the sober uh, conciliator. Uh, you know, uh, you know, stop being tempestuous. Uh, cool, cool it with the tweets. He'll be the grown up in the room. You'll back him from the right. I'll back him from the center. Uh, you know, and then oh, I love you. I love how you put yourself in the center. I, you know, I put you more <laughs> left center, but you know. All right, all right. Well, that's okay. Right, but what I'm do you just, make uh, of? Uh, what I think are, between the two of us, we could take care of this guy. Look how insane Ocasio Cortez's New Green Deal is. Green New Deal. Um, if, if you hang, ask your kids, even conservative students, they hear this stuff all the time. They they hear, uh, you know, uh, 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 guaranteed uh, national income. Uh, they hear uh, uh, abolish fossil fuel. They they hear it. They discuss it. It's exciting. And then they get they wake up the next day and say, uh, "Pass me the kerosene lantern. I can't see." Uh, you know, it's a uh, it, it, it. Yeah, but we're going to get rid of air, find, airplanes in ten years. How how are we going to get to Europe? How, how are we going to get to Australia? You're going to take the fast. You're going to take the fast train. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's only it, what is it? It's only what four thousand miles of border you have to tunnel. Oh, under. listen, it's not bad. It, the tunnel under. I, I thought they'd come up with a system above water so we'd have a view. Um, yeah, and, well, they'll, they'll levitate us. They'll levitate us. Yeah, I can't wait for the the high speed train to Australia. That that'll take us a few centuries to get there. You know, I live in Cleveland. The train takes a day and a half. I could use a little high speed. I love it. It's, you know, it's it's <laughs> looks all of this, and here we are on the verge. We're now energy independent. We produce more oil, natural gas than any other country on the earth, and our resources are more vast. We are the we are the Middle East of natural gas. Uh, it's great for our national security, and as much as you know, we don't have to engage in in foreign conflicts for the free flow of oil at market prices any longer because we're energy independent. And number two, there are literally hundreds and hundreds of thousands of high-paying jobs uh, headed down the pipeline, literally as two pipelines are being built. Uh, But that means we're going to have great career jobs for many Americans that need them that will change and alter their lives dramatically. Remember, in North Dakota, truck drivers were being trained to making 100 grand a year. Those are good jobs. Why not have a Republican real New Deal? We yeah, that's it. About what you just mentioned, uh, North Dakota and uh, the expanding uh, job opportunities there. Talk about different uses of natural gas. Uh, talk about uh, uh, nuclear energy and the renaissance that that could bring and not uh, add a single uh, degree to global uh, warming or climate change. Talk, let's give, you know, like our thinkers, put them to work with a, with a, a pragmatic approach with, that still has an idealistic, visionary uh, kind of uh, uh, take to it. Then when the president talks about the space force, let him talk about space. Let him talk about Mars and beyond. Get the imagination of the young folks rather than letting the Democrats come up with all the ideas, however flamboyant and, and uh, exaggerated. Why don't we have some of our thinkers being more innovative. Well, I think the president is a doer, and the whole thing is we have two pipelines now that were never going to be built under any Democratic president. They're now online, and that includes the Keystone and the Dakota pipeline. And he opened up Anwar, and he's gotten rid of all the burdensome regulation that has been holding back the energy sector. And i got to be honest, I think this is you know, a, a renaissance economically for this country, and it also protects our national security. And as we export more energy, the lifeblood of every economy, well, at that point, uh, we'll be helping keep the world safer and less dependent on, on foreign dictatorships or people that hate us for energy. All true. And you sounded just like Trump in the State of the Union. That's the, that's the winning formula. Practical, uh, you know, uh, open-minded, uh, you know, uh, celebrate his achievements, talk about the economy every other sentence, talk about how the rising tide is lifting all boats. Uh, you know, we have a very good case to make on the substance of it. Put aside the personalities coming into 2020. You know, that kind of measured, positive, optimistic, we're all in this together, we can do this. You know, I, I, I would applaud that. And I think that with Shine now, our buddy in the uh, you know, in the communications department there, uh, uh, you know, get get that message out. Not the not the creepy, uh, you know, uh, she's a commie and this one's a this and that. Uh, you know, I, I love the that guy I saw in the uh, in the House chamber 
That's the president for 2020. I agree with you. All right, quick break. We'll come back with more with my friend Geraldo Rivera. On the other side, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. News Roundup information overload coming in just minutes. You know, listen, if you use public Wi-Fi, um, the answer to that problem is right there in the name, public. You connect publicly to Wi-Fi, even if it's password protected. You could be tossing all of your expectations of privacy right out the window. Why? Because whenever you're in public, cyber criminals, they can use the Wi-Fi and steal the personal information that you send and receive while you are online. In other words, they'll see information like uh, private photos, financial statements, tax returns, which have your social security number. Now, there is a way to use public Wi-Fi privately, and that is to get... All right, as we continue, Geraldo Rivera is with us. Did you watch last night? I thought the president was dead on last night and having a lot of fun doing it. Terrific, but I thought that uh, you had the most fun, but I I think he did have a lot of fun, and he loved comparing his rally to to Beto's. The Beto's got a great name. I love that line. I call him Bozo. You know, <laughs> you would. <laughs> but, well, I mean, you know, but you look at the this nutty, you know, transfer of wealth. I mean, look at what eliminating health care, nationalizing energy and, and the health care industry, Medicare for all, free housing for all. Now we'll offer free college for all, uh, healthy food for all, uh, cradle to grave, womb to the tomb. That destroys America's ingenuity and wealth. That is second to none in the world. Look, you know, liberals get mad when I say this, but I spent years of my life really without any money, struggling as a contractor and, you know, living, you know, paycheck to paycheck, if you will, for a pretty long period of time. It's not fun. I know you brush over your bartender years. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, I was making my top to that. When I, you were doing no, that. I don't, listen, I admit I would tend bar until four in the morning and close the bar when I was in 11th grade. Then I decide go to a diner, eat breakfast, read the newspaper and decide to go home or go to school. And then you'd phone in to talk radio and raise hell. I'd phone in to talk radio and raise hell and say, I want to talk about that Geraldo guy. Um, All right, Geraldo Rivera, thanks for being with us. News Roundup Information Overload is next. Uh, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. So uh, I can tell you that uh, am I happy at first glance? I just got to see it. The answer is no, I'm not. I'm not happy. But am I happy with where we're going? I'm thrilled. I don't think you're going to see a shutdown. I wouldn't want to go to it now. If you did have it, it's a Democrat's fault. And I accepted the first one, and I'm proud of what we've accomplished, because people learned during that shutdown all about the problems coming in from the southern border. I accept I've always accepted it. But this one, I would never accept if it happens, but I don't think it's going to happen. But this would be totally other Democrats, okay? Mr. President, are you saying that you may amend and send back the proposed compromise, or that you may grudgingly accept it and then move forward? It's always nice to negotiate a little bit, right? So, you know, whatever you get. But I would hope that there won't be a shutdown. I am extremely unhappy with what the Democrats have given us. It's sad. It's sad. They're doing the country no favor. They are hurting our country very badly. Uh, But uh, we certainly don't want to see a shutdown. But you'll be hearing fairly soon. Uh, The bottom line is on the wall. uh, We're building the wall. And we're using other methods other than this. And in addition to this, we have a lot of things going. We have a lot of money in this country. And we're using some of that money, a small percentage of that money, to build the wall, which we desperately need. All right. That was the president, uh, of course, earlier today, this uh, what I would describe as an atrocious 
uh, basically a sewer swamp, typical Washington deal. Remember, you know, one interesting point is the Democrats were arguing that walls are immoral and they're only going to give the president a dollar. Now we're up to one point three five. But it certainly is not enough for the president to get the job done. Now, there's the other nine hundred million that the president has available to him to fund the wall and other things associated with securing the border. Um, but uh, we're joined by Lindsey Graham. I, I don't know if you agree with me. I think this this deal is atrocious. But if the president took the money from this deal and simultaneously declared a national emergency, that would at least hold him over for a little while as he's you know fighting his way through the courts, which I think would be expedited because of the emergency aspect of it. Yeah, I think you pretty much nailed it there. So the, the the one thing about the deal I'm not sure about that would make it a horrible deal is if he's required to reduce bed spaces for uh, uh, violent criminals. I've, I was told a, a couple hours ago that under the deal, the president can reprogram $750 million to add additional bed spaces for violent offenders, that the 40000 cap on bed spaces does not include the $750 million he can use at his discretion, which in theory could allow him to go up to 58000 in bed spaces. He asked for fifty-two. So if that reprogramming is available to the president, that alleviates my concern about reducing bed spaces for violent offenders. Yeah, but you agree with me, this is not a good deal. This is not, that's not a serious... <laughs> well, way short of what we need, absolutely. So, look, I, I think I know the president extremely well. Um, I've known him for over a couple of decades, and we saw him last night, how passionate he was. Um, I would think that he's looking at $1.35 million and, and saying, okay, you guys are not serious. Um, But if he took that money as a down payment and simultaneously declared the national emergency or USC 284, uh, which clearly the language allows him to use the military to build some type of barrier at the southern border to stop drugs uh, from coming into the country, um, I think he wins in the Supreme Court. They'll go judge shopping somewhere out in California. Uh, a liberal judge would side with them. Then the Ninth Circuit will side with the Democrats. Then I would think the Supreme Court has a hard time saying no to accepting this case and making a ruling on it. Well, I think that's probably right. But the, the real question, is, is this a fight worth having? The answer is yes. Most things in Washington that really bring about change, you have to fight for Now, this guy, President Trump, is fighting for the central promise he made domestically, which is to secure our border by having barriers where we need barriers. So the $1.375 billion, the question I have, can he use that money for steel barriers like he's been proposing? If the answer is yes, without equivocation, then that's a down payment toward the 5-7. Then he does what you said. He takes what's left of the $880 million in the defense bill. He applies it to to barriers where it makes sense. He declares a national emergency and reprograms money money to finish out what's left of the 5-7. He goes to court. He fights like hell. I think he wins, but more than anything else, he'll be seen as have fighting, have been fighting for what he promised, and the Democrats are on the wrong side of border security. There is no losing. Remember what we said three weeks ago. Give the Congress a chance to work with you. If they don't come up with an acceptable outcome, Mr. President, do it by yourself. 
that's where we're headed. I think that's where we're headed, too. Now, is it strategically better? And look, all my conservative friends looking at this bill and seeing it as exactly as I labeled it last night. I said this is a right. garbage bill. Um, I'm frankly surprised because I really do like Richard Shelby, and I'm a little surprised. He's a good guy. He did the best he could. you got to remember, these people hate Trump. <laughs> okay, but, you know, the bottom line is the president doesn't want a government shutdown. Now, the other option would be to just do a continuing resolution. Right maybe short term, and right. send these guys back to the bargaining table, keep the government funded, but, you know, or, and declare the national emergency anyway. You see, if, well, because if he declares the national emergency first, they're going to they're gonna take that money back out of the bill, don't you think? A hundred percent. So this is why old people listen to your radio show. So here's the couple plays you can make here. Number one, if the bed space is reduced under this bill for violent offenders, I would not sign it. Even if it cost him his job, I would not sign it. I would do a continuing resolution. However, if under the bill, the deal, you can actually add bed spaces, that would alleviate that concern. What I would do if I were the president, I'd take the $1.375 billion if I can spend it on barriers like I, like I would like, and I'd do the rest by emergency uh, declaration. That's what I would do. I think that is a good outcome for the country. Now, he's got to fight for the difference between the 1-3, 1-4, and 5-7, but that's a fight worth having. Look, if the president is going to have, at that point, it would be $2.35 billion or thereabouts. Right. Right. Uh, all right, so that's money that can be used in the interim. Let's assume this is a four- to six-month court battle, maybe longer. What do you think? Well, so, you know, this section that you keep referring to, I think it's 254, whatever section Two, it is. Section 284, U.S. Code. 284. Okay, what it says, that the president can um, um, put barriers in place at drug court orders up to $880 million. Some of that money has already been allocated, Sean, so it's like 600 left. So you take the 1.375, you add this 600, you can do that without declaring an emergency. That's appropriated dollars from the Congress, plus an account we created last year that he can access without declaring an emergency. Then you declare emergency for the rest. I think it does go to court. It's a fight worth having. He's going to win. And if you ask me what kind of contrast you want with Democrats, it would be over this issue. You know, the one thing that I know it's going to irk some people and some people are going to say, no, he should just veto this bill. But the problem is, OK, and let's say he vetoes the bill and does the national emergency. Now we've got a whole issue of a shutdown to deal with once again. Right. But more importantly, at least in the interim, he's going to have, based on what you said about the 900 million and the 1.35, whatever the number is in the bill, he has that money to play with from day one. That's well, appropriated now. And so in the interim, right. I don't even think they could spend it that fast, to be honest. Well, you got to remember, we're talking about money to be spent by October the 1st this year. That's what this debate is about. How much money can we allocate for border security between now and October the 1st? If he does a continuing resolution, the most money available to him is $600 million for barriers, not $1.375. Because if we have to go back to last year's levels, the last time we appropriated money, he loses two-thirds of what, what we've obtained in this deal. Any senator, any friend in the Republican Party in the U.S. Senate that opposes the president doing the right thing to stop drugs, 
human trafficking, even young girls into prostitution. Right. Uh, stop the cartels. Stop the gangs. Look, look at the 4,000 homicides, the 30,000 sexual assaults, 100,000 uh, instances of, of violent assaults by illegal criminals, immigrant criminals. And if they don't support him, I would argue for them it's political suicide. Well, let me tell you about the party. Uh, uh, the president beat 17 of us, 16 of us, uh, decisively. And one of the central pieces of his agenda was to fix a broken immigration system by securing our border as step one. So here's what I think. It is an emergency that he's made a compelling case that the border is dangerously broken. And Democrats might do things in the future with climate change and guns, but I know this. Donald Trump should do what he's planning to do on the border, declare a national emergency because the facts justify that. And to my Republican colleagues, if we don't stand behind this president in declaring a national emergency, we must disagree with his evaluation of the problem that is a manufactured crisis, as Democrats say. How can you listen to this president describe the state of the, the border and not believe we have a crisis on our hands? Uh it's obvious. And look at the crowd reaction last night. Now, not just the crowd inside the arena in El Paso. Look at the crowd outside. You know, look like 30,000 people outside. And I think Bozo, uh, what, what did he have? A, <laughs> he had under 1,000 people? I didn't see. Well, the, the, this is not my crowd's bigger than yours. Uh, Trump had a well, No, but, the, but the passion is real for this. Oh, real. But it's the State of the Union speech. Go back. This is the moment when the... A lot of people are watching, 45 million Americans. 74% of the people agreed with the president's characterization about the State of the Union. The State of the Union is strong economically. We're safer militarily, but our border is broken, and it, it's a crime problem. It's a humanitarian problem. Uh, it is a drug problem. 74% of the people agreed with the president. That's all a Republican should need to know. Seventy-four percent of the people listening to the president agreed with his assessment. Eighty percent of independents. I mean, we would be idiots politically. You talk about suicide. Well, by the way, there are a lot of idiot Republicans out there, Senator. <laughs> well, no offense. You know, now's the time to have less because, but we would be idiots to not back the president because the public understands where he's coming from. Well, I think the public supports him, and that's where— I do, too. And, and the support is getting stronger, as we saw last night. <laughs> it's getting stronger, but the argument that the border is broken is compelling. Even the governor of California said, I'm going to leave 100 National Guard troops because they are making a difference on drug interdiction. The point is that the drug problem in this country is at an all-time high for opioid abuse. All the heroin in the country just about comes through the Mexican border. They seized enough fentanyl about three weeks ago to kill 57 million people. Human trafficking— By the way, what if they ever put that fentanyl and poison the, the food supply in this country? Just play out all of these problems. The bottom line is the president has made a compelling case that the border is dangerously broken, that he has power 
that every other president's had in the past to declare an emergency and for the Republicans not to stand by him basically undercuts his assessment of the national security threats we face. He is our commander-in-chief. He is not wrong to believe that the border is under siege. He is not wrong to want to put up barriers where barriers make sense. And if you don't support him here, you're basically saying he is wrong with no evidence to suggest that you're right. Well, I'm just going to say what you're saying. Any Republican that won't back him in the Senate or the House on this is, is frankly not— <laughs> They're not capable of doing their job. And if they don't see the same movie that we're watching. And by the way, over the years, to be very clear, um, you and I have battled over issues involving immigration. We're in full sync here. Build the wall, fund the wall, build the wall, declare the emergency and get it over. So when Sean Hannity and Lindsey Graham Nisty are telling you this is what you should do, you should at least listen. All right. So here's the point. Real quick. I've always believed you're not going to fix a broken immigration system until you secure your border. Democrats are opposed to border security when it comes to barriers. They're willing to let criminals out of jail when it comes to bed space. If you're looking for these people to help this president – They're not going to help him. They hate Donald Trump. They want him to fail. So to all my uh, Republican colleagues who worry about the precedent we're setting for the future and the legal niceties, here's what I would say. It's not what a Democrat may do in the future should drive your thinking. It's whether or not this president is right. This president is right to say that – the border is broken and we need emergency funding. He is right. It's not about what a Democrat might do in the future. It's about whether or not this president is right, and I believe him to be right. All right, Senator Lindsey Graham, you're all, you're right on this issue, and I think it would be ironic he takes the money and then he declares the emergency at the same time. That would piss off every Democrat and liberal in the country. Uh, thank you for being with us. You don't think the public's going to see anything. You think it's $40 million, Mueller investigated it, and that's it. No, but the rules of the department just put yourself put yourself in the president's shoes let's say we investigate you guys and it comes out you're witness in the subject you cooperate transparently and we take all those facts and we say you know there's nothing here the idea that you would take that information and make it public you know violates the whole concept of the grand jury what's the grand jury for to protect the innocent and by the way I've read thousands of grand juries, and I it does protect the innocent. I mean, maybe one in ten cases you would bring, but you would investigate. So, I mean, I talk about organized crime, public corruption. You, I mean, you you come you come close to really awful stuff. But is it a crime? Is it prosecutable? No. Does that ever get reported? No. So you're saying when Mueller's report drops, it's going to be a flop. You're you're saying. We're not going to. Well, I will be shocked if, if anything regarding the president is made public other than we're done. Do you respect what Mueller is doing? I know you know Mueller well. Well, I respected it in the beginning. And I started out, and I, it's my, my style, is I always trust the other side until I did it. In my opinion, on March 5th, we were done. He had everything. He said he had everything. He told me that no one had lied. He told me they had every document we asked for. He, he told me that it was nothing more. He told me that the president was not a target. That is, he did not have any exposure 
that he was a witness subject, which is perfectly normal for someone's conduct you're looking at, but they don't have exposure. What people don't understand about the president, and I think the same would be with you, is you have too much information in your life. When you go back and talk about Flynn or Comey, those events, while magnified in the media, are nothing. Not compared to the threat of the Soviet Union, the threat of the China, dealing with Japan, dealing with Korea. I mean, the, the amount of information that he intakes every day and gets prepared for is staggering. And in my questioning him or talking to him, he question, you know, first question, easy. Second question, easy. Third question, he wasn't sure. And he doesn't like being unsure. So he'll guess. There's your trap right there. Mm. It's not whether he lies or not. Everybody wants to get into this, you know, this integrity business. It's not a matter of integrity. It's overload. You know, I, I tried to deal with Rosenstein. Early on, we wrote a letter to Mueller saying, look, Comey's the accuser in this phony investigation. We think there are other issues regarding his conduct as to the origin of this whole business. Turns out, not only was I right, but Comey admitted that there were no facts to investigate the president on. I mean, there's no collusion. So, um, I, and then I, so Bob said he wasn't looking at it. So I wrote to Rosenstein, he blew me off. That's not leadership. That's not accountability. This is a very serious, I mean, we were very serious, and we did it in writing, we did it politely, we did it confidentially, and he just blew us off. So I lost all respect for Rob Rosenstein. And Sessions, I don't know what he was doing. I'm not sure Sessions knows what he was doing. We did the very best we could to bring it home. I think it is coming home, and I think it's coming home in the same shape. And, you know, then, you know, there are people in the press say, well, he must have some surprise. He doesn't have, I know exactly what he has. I know exactly what every witness said, what every document said is, I know exactly what he has. And I know what, I know what, you know, what the, what the conclusion or the result is. What does he have? What's the result? What's the conclusion? Decline. There's no basis. There's no exposure. It's been a terrible waste of time. What's worse is, let's get on the other side of this, how it all happened. This is one of the greatest frauds this country's ever seen. And I'm just shocked that Bob Mueller didn't call it that way and say, I'm being used. I would have done that. If I were in his shoes in this thing, I'd have gone to, the, I'd have gone to Sessions and Rosenstein and said, look, this is nonsense. We are being used by a cabal in the FBI. That's John Dowd and all those comments uh, made uh, earlier today. Uh, pretty shocking comments uh, about Mueller not even having a report. He knows the president didn't do any of this, was afraid of a perjury trap. No respect for Rod Rosenstein and a waste of time. One of the greatest frauds ever committed in the country. Yeah, the real collusion is with the Democrats. All right, let's get to your phones. You've been very patient here as our coverage of the deep state continues. By the way, Devin Nunes on Hannity tonight, he's indicating criminal referrals on FISA abuse are coming. Wow. Uh, let's get to our phones. Uh, all right, let's get to this deal and what people think of it. If the president, if he couples it with an emergency declaration, that's fine. If not, that's a problem to me. Uh, let's say hi to Jane in Arizona. What's up, Jane? Jane, how are you? 
All right, Bill in Pensacola, Florida. Bill, you're on the Sean Hannity Show. Hey, Sean, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? Take my call. Great. Hey, um, I just wanted to make a quick comment because, you know, Donald Trump was elected. He was he's an outsider. He's a fighter. The people are behind him. And (laughs) we're like really tired. I mean, everybody I've talked to, we're like tired of hearing this rhetoric over and over put out by the Democrats and that the fact that the Republicans themselves aren't fine. I'm a conservative and I'm tired of seeing people think, oh, let's just play their game, you know, let's play by their rules. And then we get beat because they're not playing by rules. And, you know, um, I think that Donald Trump should just declare the emergency, get the wall done, and then go after the deep state. Let's see some prosecutions. Let's, we're tired of them getting away with, you know, this kind of thing. And we just want to see it move forward, you know. Well, so, look, I mean, I, I, this is why the deal's horrible. This is the Republicans. What I'm worried about more than anything is, you know, the Republicans, you know, I, I, I guess you can say they got some money. They got more than a dollar. They got one point three five billion. And that that's money to work with in this fiscal year. President has another nine hundred million that that he legally can use on the wall now. Um, that's all good. Uh, but it's it's not enough and it's not fast enough without the urgency that is needed to solve a big problem. And that's why it has to be together. I, if, if not, I can tell you conservatives are going to be furious at the Republicans. And I just think my understanding of the president and knowing him all these years, and I don't think I've been wrong to date. Remember, I stuck my neck out and told everybody he's going to govern like a conservative. Remember that? And a lot of people were doubting back in the day. I don't know if you were listening to me then, Bill, but... Were you listening? Oh, I've been listening to you for a long time. <laughs> well, you, you probably remember people say, what are you talking about? He gave money to yeah. Democrats in New York. And, and I kept telling people, no, you don't understand. He was playing the game that they, that they rigged. That's their game. And he did it to keep you know, construction workers working, buildings going up, plumbers, electricians, carpenters in business, painters. Everyone benefits when somebody builds a big building. So... Uh, but I've known him and I knew that his his political philosophy evolved greatly over the years. And I also know that when he says he's going to do something, he does it. So I haven't been wrong yet. My guess, strong guess is if he will sign this crappy bill, he's only doing it to keep the government open and get a down payment of one point three five that will put with another nine hundred million and sign the emergency declaration to get the rest that's my guess that's what i th- if i think uh, that's what i think will happen would yeah. that be okay with you oh that would be okay but on the second side of that is the how the deep state is just keep you know everything whatever you know it's all out there you know 800-941-SEAN toll-free telephone number uh let's get to brian is in uh oh he's down at wokv in beautiful Ponte Vedra. What's going on? How are you, Brian? Hey, Sean. How you doing? I, I just wanted to comment on the Green New Deal and the high-speed rail. Uh, they've tried to work that out in California. They've tried to do it in Florida. And every time we try to build something, the environmentalists come out and say that it's going to harm the habitat of some spider or prairie dog, and nothing ever gets done. Well, look... <laughs> 
you know, this is a government that is now going to alter every single aspect of our economy within 10 years and eliminate the lifeblood of the economy and making all sorts of wild declarations uh, about everything being guaranteed. It is, I can guarantee one thing about this new Green Deal. It'll, it'll bring Americans to their knees and into poverty faster than anything we've ever seen. And it'll cause literally, you know, I love this. We're going to get rid of airplanes. Well, how are you going to get to Europe now? Well, we're going to have a high-speed train dig a tunnel from here to Europe? Uh, or we're going to have a high-speed train on top of the water? How are they planning on doing that? In 10 years. And how are we going to have that um, that high-speed train in 10 years available for Australia or New Zealand or Asia? How's that going to happen? You know, it is, how are you going to guarantee people housing, a job, vacations, best health care, best, 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 free, free, free? It's not possible. Then you're going to take the, the lifeblood of every economy and destroy it. Our path to wealth is our energy resources all we have to do is use them. And you'll see the standard of living of every American skyrocket quickly. Uh, wait till these two pipelines get online. Wait till Anwar gets online. You know what? It's going to be prosperity for people that deserve it. And, you know, these people that want to take that away from you, just remember who they are. This is a pipe dream. But this is how they think. Take it seriously. Okay. Yeah, and remember, uh, John Kerry, uh, we wanted wind power unless it was going to affect uh, his views off of uh, uh, what Nantucket Island or Martha's Vineyard, wherever it was. Right. Yeah, no, that was actually Kennedy and I don't know where these people live, but Nantucket, Martha's Vineyard, uh, you know, whatever. I'm glad they're enjoying the good life. Look, I just go with the president's own statements today and the president earlier today um you know as house conservatives rightly blast this deal uh for all the right reasons and the president saying well I'll, I'll add whatever i have to add to build the wall that's it he's telegraphing what he's going to do now people don't aren't smart enough to believe him that's their problem i believe he's going to do that that's what i would say is likely to happen uh, back to our phones, we've got, uh, let's see here, William in Oklahoma. What's up, William? How are you? How you doing, Sean? Good. What's happening? Okay. Uh, if Trump decides to go the emergency route, if he says, say, fr- uh, Monday at 2 o'clock, he's going to declare a national emergency, what he needs to do is have somebody on his behalf file a petition in the Fifth Circuit Court preventing him from doing that, saying he does not have the authority to do it. The Fifth Circuit will overturn it, say he does have the authority. Then he has a ruling out of a district court uh, saying that he does have the authority to do it, because if he doesn't, somebody's going to file it in the Ninth Circuit, and it's going to be held up for months. All right. That sounds, listen, I think, look, that's that's actually the beauty in the sense that the down payment actually helps him buy some time because now he's got 2.3 billion dollars to play with if you will uh in the interim while he's fighting in court so the wall's being built in the interim that's kind of the and democrats are going to lose it big time 
And I think they're going to lose ultimately in court. They won't lose the first couple of rounds. They'll likely go judge shopping for that. But after the Ninth Circuit, I don't see how the Supreme Court stays out of a fight about, you know, presidential power and a national emergency and drugs. And, you know, the code is clear. U.S., you know, 284 is what it is. All right, Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. President unhappy with the so-called compromise deal on the border, but he says, well, I'll be able to add to it on my own. To me, a clear indication that he will go the emergency route uh, and take the money up front, down payment. There's a battle over whether he can or cannot use the $900 million, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and we'll have full coverage of all that. We also have breaking news on the deep state that looks finally we now see criminal referrals that will be coming as it relates to FISA abuse and other issues. Devin Nunes, Alan Dershowitz, Andy McCarthy, John Solomon, Greg Jarrett tonight. Also, we'll have the latest on the battle for the border. Dan Bongino, Monica, Lawrence, Jesse, Jessica, all coming up. Nine Eastern, incredible Hannity. 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. See you tonight, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Born on America's darkest day, 9-11-01, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping American heroes ever since. And when a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young kids are left behind, well, Tunnel to Towers, they pay the mortgage on the family home off to lift that financial burden. Now, for catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds, well, mortgage-free smart homes That enables severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. And through the Foundation's Homeless Vets Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless vets. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. And people who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities, they need your help more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate 11 bucks a month. Go to their website. It's the letter T, the number two, the letter T.org, the letter T, the number two, the letter T.org. Hey, if you want a firearm that is easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from our friends at Henry Repeating Arms. Now, it is a portable rifle that you can put together, take apart in just minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case that it comes in. It's so small, you can store it pretty much anywhere. And it's light enough to carry everywhere. Now it comes in black and two different camo patterns, and you can pick one up for three to four hundred bucks depending on the finish. Check out their videos. Go to their website. It's one word, henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, make sure you order their free catalog. Now, Henry makes more than 200 rifles and shotguns and revolvers, all made in America, all backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website, henryusa.com. Get their free catalog. They'll send you free decals and a list of dealers where you are. That's HenryUSA.com. Free catalog decals for the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's healthlock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider.